Welcome to the Church Safety and Security Broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. Brought to you by TwoWayRadioCenter.com, a Motorola value-added reseller. The Church Safety Guys is a nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping the vigilant, those men and women who stand watch, keeping our houses of worship and places of faith safe. We believe church safety and security must be a ministry first and have engaged servant leaders who continually strive for excellence and teams of motivated volunteers that are always training. Join us for the next hour as the Church Safety Guys unpack safety, security, leadership, and ministry operations with your hosts, Dr. James McGarvey and Mike Scully. This broadcast is also available on YouTube, your favorite podcast platforms, churchsafetyguys.com, and on the original Church Security app. Download it today. Feel free to like, subscribe, and share with your ministry. Well, hello. Welcome to the Church Safety and Security Broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. I am James, and once again, joined by my co-host, Mike, and my brother from another mother, Jared. <laughs> Howdy to everybody. Glad to be back. Took last month off with a crazy work schedule, but uh, super excited to be back on the show today. Uh, got a, a really good friend uh, who's going to join us uh, here in just a minute. Uh, to talk through some some really important stuff uh, who I've just really gotten to know in the last year and uh, excited to have him as we we kind of dive into another real stories of church safety and security and and how we can be more effective um, keeping our our church families and our families safe. That's great to have you back, Jared. Thanks, Mike. Absolutely. I kind of felt like, well, Mike's kind of my brother from another mother too, but I thought, uh, you know, I don't know. I just threw that in there. <laughs> gotta have, gotta have I, some I think fun I talked to both of you more than I talked to my own family members. So. <laughs> <laughs> Usually anyway, but good stuff. Yeah, we took we took a couple of uh, a couple of weeks off and kind of shifted some stuff around. And as as you all know, and, and we have had a lot of folks request and say like, hey, what happened to what happened to Jared? Did you guys like? make him disappear in Arizona or something. And <laughs> the, uh, the, the truth is um, if you're, if you've just joined us for the first time or, or you're uh, you haven't listened in a while, thanks for joining us. Um, honestly, the truth is we all are extremely active with our, our churches and we're all uh, very much involved and very much hands-on and we all have full-time jobs, right? So for, for us, sometimes we do have to shift because there are times when, you know, Michael call me and say, Hey, I forgot to mention to you, I've got a, <laughs> I've got a church activity that I have to be at, or, you know, Jared, um, Jared is the full-time safety director of uh, a church in Arizona, so he gets called in at all crazy weird hours of the the day and night. And um, you know, I don't necessarily have the luxury of that yet. But there are times when you know, um, if we can come out to a church and help another church 
do safety or security or something along those lines, we will. So oftentimes we'll get called from, from different folks and we'll say, okay, you know what, that's helping each other. And, and, uh, and demonstrating Christ's love is more important than, than doing a live broadcast as much as we all enjoy doing it. So, um, but anyhow, uh, welcome. You're here now. Thanks for for hanging out with us. As always, you can visit us through our website, which is churchsafetyguys.com. And if we can help you out at all or help you your church or your ministry, please feel free to reach out. Um, you can also get resources on our church security app that's available on Google and iOS stores. And um, last but not least, I will throw a quick plug for uh, our next conference, which is October 28th in Indianapolis. Uh, it's going to be a one-day conference that I will be uh, doing in conjunction with the Ohio Crime Prevention Association. And I'm really looking forward to that. But uh, we're, you know, basically, um, I think it's going to be a seven seven course <laughs> seven course day on church safety and security. We're going to start with everything from campus and perimeter safety. And um, I think I'm going to conclude on starting a team, running a team, and and uh, crit- critical stress management for uh, incidents and handling uh, on teams and stuff like that. So it's going to be a, a pretty awesome full day, uh, and you won't want to miss it. Uh, tickets are available, and inf- more information is on our website. And uh, I believe they're $40 a piece um, for the day, thanks to some of our awesome sponsors. Um, word is on the street, John Riley might be there too. So <laughs> I don't know. We'll see if he, if he ends up coming down, but uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So you don't want to miss it. And um, we ac- actually will also, I think after that, the next one we're doing is in February in Orlando. So more information on our website, you're welcome to check that out. Um, and I will turn it over to, to Jared for our guest. Thank you very much, James. Yeah, we're going to bring in uh, a friend of mine that I've gotten to know uh, over the last year, especially uh, met him a couple of years ago, uh, Yaku Boyens of Yaku Boyens Ministries. Uh, Yaku is engaged in the fight uh, against human trafficking and really uh, the spiritual battle uh, to restore the value of of humanity and and God's children, and so um, Yaku can can introduce himself better than I can. But but we were talking earlier this year at uh, a human trafficking summit here at our church in in Arizona, and really talked uh, and got some keen insight into the increase in predatory behavior and grooming behavior um, amongst amongst familiar people and. And so I wanted Yaku to come on so that we could talk about how can we identify that, prevent that, and, and protect uh, from within our churches, because we are certainly not immune from uh, sin nature uh, or people who are looking to, to victimize others. And so, Yaku, uh, introduce yourself, and, and uh, if you could talk a little bit about that, we'd love to have that conversation so that we can be better uh, watchmen on the wall uh, in, in our churches. Yeah, Jared, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I uh... I, I, I resonate and relate with a brother from another mother's statements. I love it. It's, uh, you know, God, God puts men in our lives to walk together. And in, in this battle, we are the body of Christ. And I love what you do. I love the, the willingness to drop, uh, you know, something on a dime and go help another congregation. And I will tell you something, Jared, 
I've walked with Jared in, in scenarios and situations where there's thousands of people coming and going and um, the, the intentionality with which he does his work and serve the Lord is, is phenomenal. It's really a, an amazing environment because I travel a lot. I speak a lot. I mean, I'm here now. I'm traveling. So thanks that I can come out of my truck. But tomorrow I'll be at the United Nations building speaking, um, you know, in, in that forum. And so I, I know when it's right and I know when it's not. And I really feel that you guys are doing it right. So just much Thank respect you. and thanks that you're that intentional. I say two things in the church that really needs to improve is, is one is hospitality. We really need to be the most hospitable. And then awareness, situational mm -hmm. awareness specifically in understanding what to see. You know, we live by a book, the Bible, that tells us God gives us a new, you know, eyes to see, scales removed from our eyes, but yet we're walking around in our communities and there's an evil that's blown into our midst that people don't see. And, and so we got to myth bust a couple things real quick. The, the myth that, that human trafficking or child sexual exploitation is predominantly something that involves kidnapping is a complete myth. You know, it's an injustice that the movie Taken did for the whole United States. You know, only 2% of the crime is kidnapping. So, okay, if it's not kidnapping, then, then where are these children that are being trafficked in, in men and women, but predominantly women and children, and they're in the community. They go to school. They play little league ball. They're on the softball team. They play basketball. They're in the classroom. They're in the 7-Eleven next to you. They sit next to you at, at you know, Inside, it's a Chick-fil-A or, you know, pumping gas. And so how is it that it can be in our midst to that level at the proportions that we're, we're seeing, but yet we don't, we don't see it? So for us, it started in 1994. I was a senior in high school that year uh, in South Africa. I was raised by a single mom. I was the oldest brother, six years older than my closest sibling. And that year, my 12-year-old sister was trafficked from a single home being a particular target because there's not a father figure in the house. We didn't know it was trafficking. And it took us six years to get Ilanka back. Now, from 12 to 18, a girl changes a lot. And for me, from 18 to, to 24, six years before we got her back, you learn a ton. You, you, you learn. And then when she's rescued by the grace of God only, you learn that a life can be destroyed. A soul can be crushed rebuilding that life is is terribly difficult um, it's it's practically unsuccessful only the faith-based organizations that does restoration work are successful and we have about a two and a half 2.75 percent success rate after rescue you learn that most most of the the, the victims die after rescue so rebuilding a life that's been decimated, in the body of Christ is very difficult, but it's the only way to do it is Jesus has to come in and do some serious healing. So everybody says, well, rescue is the focus. You cannot rescue yourself out of this problem. You cannot arrest yourself out of this problem because it's a crime of, of demand, supply and demand. And unfortunately, America is the number one nation on earth demanding sexual exploitation. We demand it by saying we'll pay for it. So we're the number one demand culture on earth, which is why we're the number one porn producer, the number one porn user. Our Gen Z is, is leading the race in producing pornography on themselves and distributing a third party. Right? We're the ones that, mm. that control social media around the world. It's our Congress that won't repeal 
and replace Section 230 that hold, would hold you know, social media companies uh, responsible for pornography or child porn on their platforms. So we're leading all these races, but yet we're the, this Christian nation. And the church, for the most part, is not in the fight. This is a very rare occurrence right here tonight where guys are saying, hey, let's speak into the church. Jared's church is very proactive, but it's very rare. So the fastest growing form of human trafficking and and human trafficking was only closely defined in 2015. And I was blessed to be a part of this definition. But human trafficking is the exploitation of persons through the mechanisms of force, fraud and coercion. So if there's force, fraud, coercion, so bribery, threats, um, lies, deceit, it's human trafficking. Then within human trafficking, you got labor trafficking, debt bondage, debt trafficking, human smuggling, organ harvesting, and sex trafficking. And within sex trafficking, you've got adults and minors because the law differentiates, right? So these are all the components. The fastest growing form of human trafficking is what's called familial trafficking. Where the person selling a human being, predominantly a child, as a commodity, selling sex with a child, is a familial figure, which means it's a family member, a guardian, or a very close ally to the child. So we're talking about families selling their own children, or at the moment we're investigating and probably in a week we'll, we'll take down a youth pastor. That's a trafficker. Last week, we took down, you know, a a state senator because this crime does not profile. It doesn't ask if you're black, white, Hispanic, conservative, Democrat, libertarian. Satan doesn't care. It's steal, kill, destroy. And the Lord says, train them in my ways when they're young and they won't depart when they're old. Satan says, I'll break them sexually when they're young and they won't meet the Lord when they're old. They won't go to him. So we need to, as the church, understand it's in the church. There's no question, no doubt. There's not a single zip code in America today where we have collectively the, 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 the body of people that fight human trafficking, where we have not investigated child sex crimes of trafficking. There's not a zip code. There's not a church. There's not a school. Nobody's immune to this because it is sex and it's immorality. And so immorality has crept into the American culture to the degree where it's now diluted the church. We know that Pornhub as an entity, because I have this information from them, Pornhub as an entity study Christian men. Pornhub as an entity track the amount of time Christian men, those who are self-proclaimed Christian men, who have Pornhub accounts, 55% of self-proclaimed Christian men in America have, have porn accounts. That they pay for it. So it's a crime that's driven by immorality. It's a demand for exploitation, the dopamine hit for self-satisfaction. And unless we as the church learn a couple things, how to stop creating demand and help the men that are struggling, right? How to make our fathers and, and mothers aware of how predators talk, how they profile children, get them to understand that it's already in the church. And then thirdly, how do we fortify and and arm our youth age appropriately so that they actually become the first line of defense? 
Because by the time someone needs to call Jared, something broke down already. If a child's being exploited and Jared gets a call to show up at youth group, because there's a child that says, hey, um, I'm, being, I'm being sold for sex. Something broke upstream. Jared's coming in and he's doing triage, right? It's triage. And so for the most part in this crime, America does triage. We're in the emergency room stopping the bleeding, but very seldom do we ask, okay, hold up. What's causing them to go to the emergency room? Mm-hmm. We need to start, ta- and, and there's nobody, and I'll take a breather here, there's nobody mm-hmm. on planet Earth that can speak to that with answers other than the church. The world, the world cannot bring a solution to bring morality. The, Satan's not going to self-correct. He's not going to say, you know what? I've sexualized enough American kids. I think I need to let up for a minute. The church who has the truth has to become aware, deal with our own iniquities, our own immorality, and then say, go be the watchman on the wall, Ezekiel 33, 7, so that the blood spilt is not on the hands of the watchman. Hmm. That's, that's, man, powerful, powerful stuff. Go ahead, James. Well, I... I was just going to say, I don't, I don't honestly think I've ever heard someone put it as eloquently as you did, sir, uh, with the, the triage piece of it, because that's, this topic is actually something that, uh, that we've said, um, really since, since we started our ministry, the church safety guys, since we've been doing broadcasts, we've brought more. Uh, more context and more light on the topic of of this to try and encourage churches to be proactive rather than reactive. Every and year. for so much, um, uh, you know, Mike and I, uh, the three of us regularly talk about that, how it's it's so alarming to us that churches, not just in safety and security, but in other principles, are always very reactive and not proactive to try and get ahead of what you know the evil in the world and what satan's doing and trying to actually take a stand and move forward so to me it's very um i'll just say and then i'll throw it over to the other guys it's very refreshing to hear your passion and to hear you say that in that way because we've continually said that and that really is much of our premise to to get churches to look at you know, what is really going on? What's going on in your community? And we're starting to see, honestly, we're starting to see churches from Florida to California that are dealing with this on a regular basis where individuals try and come in the church, establish that connection, establish yep. establish engagement, and get access to the kids that are actually in our churches. And yet, whenever I make that statement, to other churches, oftentimes it's met with, well, I don't, whatever, I don't believe that. That's only in big, you know, big cities or, or this or that. When the truth is, um, you know, Satan is a liar and he loves to deceive us to the point of overlooking the simple things and overlook the simple, you know, in this case, the simple sin of, you know, being able to take a stand and respond in a biblical way. So thank you. Uh, thank you for your ministry. Um, I'm sure, actually, I, I can't even imagine with your family being involved in your sister, what your family personally has been through. Um, 
but I appreciate and uh, and certainly certainly feel your passion of of motivating Christians and believers to do the right thing. So thank you for that. Yeah, James. I look. If people ask me, Yaku, who's the softest target? Because remember, it's it's a this is a it's an art form, honestly, because these predators are massively creative. They run circles around the FBI. We train FBI agents how to profile. These predators are masterful in earning the trust of a child. On average, they'll invest nine months to desensitize or groom a child, which is why we're crying out when we say you can't have drag shows for kids. You're doing the predators work for them. You can't have comprehensive sex ed in your schools. You can't let the kids read the book Lawn Boy about oral sex because you're desensitizing the child's walls, barriers for sexual engagement. The predator is saying, thank you. You're doing my work for me. It takes me eight months to do what you guys do in the school now in three weeks. You're smashing all the defense mechanisms, the child's inhibitions. And remember, when a child is activated sexually, prematurely, pre-puberty, because what is puberty? Puberty is the activation of the physical, okay, the biological and the physical ability of the brain to produce sex hormone to wake up for the female body to start getting ready to procreate, to build the kingdom of God. That's why God created it. Now, if you prematurely activate that, you can't turn it off. So when the eight-year-old boy is exposed to porn, which is the average age of porn exposure in America today, eight-year-old boys, you can't go turn that switch off. The body is now demanding the dopamine. The brain is producing a chemical. So those who are nefarious, who push, understand very well when God said, hey, a seed planted in fertile soil will grow. He didn't say a good seed or a bad seed, a positive or a negative seed, a seed. This is why you can't ask a five-year-old boy, hey, are you a boy or a girl? Hey, can we talk to you about masturbation? You're planting a seed. It will grow. It's fertile soil. Children are fertile. They're going to explore. They're going to experiment. Now, if you bring shame, guilt, condemnation in, because now they're seeing naked people on screen, they're seeing two guys and a girl. Should I be naked with other? It erodes their ability to say, hey, there's a creep online. Now, imagine if this was to creep into the church. And I tell you today that the youth in the church is the softest target for predators. We recently, three months ago in Dallas, Texas, took down a 16-year-old boy in youth group that was laying hands on girls, praying with them, opening their hearts, sharing their cell phone numbers. And he's recruiting in 15 different churches in the Dallas DFW area on a Wednesday night. We track him down with one of the most prolific sex traffickers in Texas that picks him up in a stolen vehicle. And I get in a high speed chase in this truck on a 16 year old that is laying hands on girls in youth group that is sharing his heart. That's earning their trust in youth group because this is safe, right? It's a safe environment and we share our hearts and we share everything and our inhibitions are low and our awareness is zero. We have to understand that it is in our midst. Think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. The, bottom, the bottom need in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the triangle, is food and shelter. Sure. So for, the, so for the kid that lives in Oak Cliff in Dallas, in the projects, a trafficker will use 
food and shelter as a mechanism to create stability in that child's life. Okay. Well, the girl that lives in Highland Park or in Mesa, Arizona, who's got two parents that earn north of $200,000 a year, she's stable, money is not an issue. She doesn't need food and shelter. The predator is going to find the child there maybe that needs love and belonging. Her sibling is a great athlete. She's not seen. He sees her. He sees that. And he comes in like a white knight on a horse and he speaks the language of her heart. He earns her trust over time. He earns her heart to the point where she's willing to self-exploit. Told you Gen Z 12 through 25 is the number one generation in America that self-exploits, making porn of themselves, distributing it. We've got a massive crisis in America. This is a 911 fire alarm, and it's in the church. How can I prove that? Only 20% of pastors in 2022, only 20% of pastors mentioned pornography from the pulpit. They Hmm. won't tackle it. The church is not engaged because they know 45, 50% of the men in that church would have to raise their hand saying, Pastor, I'm struggling. Now, we also know, on average, over 80% of women in the church When their husband says, I'm struggling with porn, they leave because they see it as a reason for divorce because it's infidelity. It's betrayal. So the pastors are scared to death. They go, I don't I don't want 40 percent of my church men saying, hey, help me because I, I don't have the resources. I don't know how to handle it. Yet it feeds the crime. It it brings the defenses down in that church. A guy that's stuck in porn will not fight human trafficking. You cannot serve two masters. The spirit that he's in agreement with, the spirit of lust, won't allow him to be led by the Holy Spirit. He'll look the other Hmm. way. He'll be the watchman on the wall that doesn't do anything. So it is a a multi-pronged attack of train the congregation on how predators operate. Get them to understand it is local. It is in their community. Get them to understand that their teenager may already be talking to a predator online, right? And let's stop doing triage, then train protocol, train the church. What do we do if we think there's someone? What are the steps we take? Who do we call? Where do we move the guy to? What do we do with a girl? Are you connected in your church nationwide with local organizations that are victims advocates? Do you know the anti-trafficking unit in the police department? The sheriff's department, do you have a tribe around your church to protect and fortify the children? And if something does go wrong, what to do? And then lastly, education. Educate the body in that church on what to look for so that they can become the watchman of the community, not just the church, so that they can see something in 7-Eleven and go, hey, that's not right. That's not right. And I know who to call. I know what question to ask her. I know how not to endanger my own life or her life or his life. We can train people on these things. And we share these resources freely. There's over 1,200 pieces of resource on our website that we can arm you with to distribute to your, to your viewership to say, hey, let's, let's fortify the body and then deploy the body of Christ to go fight this thing in culture. Amazing. So much, so much good there, Yako. I, I think, uh, as James said, very succinctly, well said. I've, I've listened to many people speak on this topic. We've had a few on the show and I, I do feel like we just got a masterclass in 20 minutes 
uh, and we barely scratched the <laughs> surface, sure. but I feel like we got a whole uh, bunch of uh, uh, stake there. And really, I think it, what it what it stood out to me is as a father of of two young girls and thinking about it, of course, it hits home. Uh, but also think about it as when you talk about family and we talk about our churches as family, when you, you got to think about our church as that's where it's happening, as you said. And so when, when we look at what we're trying to do of creating a safe and secure worship environment, so often it's, it's easy to talk about the things like having a person uh, stand post or to uh, you hear everywhere talking about the active shooter as the threat. Well, that's you're more likely to have somebody trafficked or have some sort of bad intent handled with a kid than you ever are an active shooter. But yet we have our churches out there shooting at shooting range, not educating themselves about how to prevent against trafficking. Why is that? It's it, because and it, you just put that very well. Look, you're just hearing 28 years of fighting human trafficking articulated. And just, guys, I, I tell you my respect and honor for you for having this conversation in the body of Christ. It's immense. We beg churches to do this. You say, why is that? Because as profound as this is going to sound, and this is not a judgment, but the master we serve, I, I, I wish that the church would actually know him, really know him, really know that Jesus took his disciples, 12 boys, before one betrayed him, and women following. And he walked 30 kilometers from the Sea of Galilee where he served fish for breakfast. And he walked them 30 kilometers to Caesarea Philippi. And that's where they ask, he asked, who do they say I am? And he gets the answer, right? But then he says to them, do you see these gates of hell? And there's a cave at Caesarea Philippi. It's called the Temple of Pan, where the term pansexual comes from. The Garden of Zeus. There they sacrificed children, raped and sacrificed children, blood sacrifice. And Jesus, our Messiah, has his disciples and he stands in front of this cave where I've been many, many times. And they're in Jesus's time witnessing child rape, child sacrifice, the, the sacrifice of people. And he says, these gates of hell will not prevail against my kingdom. It was important enough for him to walk 30 miles 30 kilometers, sorry, and go and say, guys, do you see this abomination? Happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. Happened with the Nephilim. That's why Noah, Noah had to get on a boat. God said, it's start over. The church has to come to a conclusion that it's real. It happens. It could be perpetrated by somebody in the church because we've arrested pastors. How many? How many pastors hmm. fear to ask for help? Because of the ridicule that they may face if they ask for help. The, the absolute gut-wrenching pain I felt when I learned that Ravi Zacharias went his whole life and could not ask a single brother to help him. Could not ask one guy that would not ostracize him publicly and, and blow the ministry up. And wouldn't say, Ravi, take an hiatus, nine months, ten mm -hmm. months. The ministry will be fine. Let's go get you help. This is what's happening in the church because brother to brother, we know it's happening. We know the guys are stuck on porn. We don't want to accept that porn is the feeder drug and it's eating us alive. And it's the church children that are suffering because the watchmen are not on the wall. They're not watching. And this is a critical moment, guys. We have to. 
we have to accept that, yes, that kind of evil can actually work its way into the church. The Methodist church is splitting for the fourth time over this very issue. Half the Methodist church Hmm. wants to accept transgenderism. Half of the Methodist church says no. This is an active conversation in the body of Christ that we have to tackle. What was your real quick? What was your take on the the Sound of Freedom movie? I haven't I haven't watched it yet. I haven't seen it, but I know it was very popular. It gave it it gained a lot of um, traction very quickly. Of people saying that it was something representative of horror really horror but they they felt compelled to watch it what what was your take on that yeah tim ballard is a friend i consulted on that film three years ago um i'm very thankful the movie did what it was supposed to do it raised awareness that human trafficking does happen what the movie does not do is the movie doesn't help americans understand that it's local so now americans go human trafficking is awful the kids from cambodia the kids that are crossing the border into arizona and texas Put that aside for a minute. I'm talking about your neighborhood, the peewee football coach, the Boy Scout. So the movie did not do that. Now, you know, one movie can only do so much. I really want to encourage you guys to go watch the film Sex Nation, which is our documentary that was just released. That takes a 90-year look at how America fell morally. How did we become the sex nation and how do we fix it? There's even an altar call in the film. So Sound of Freedom did what it was supposed to do. Uh, mm-hmm. But that being said, if if people stop there, they're going to miss the point because it's not. And Tim did the rescue and that was great. But we rescued 15 American teenagers in the last 50 days alone, 15, all minors, most of them trafficked by their own families. You know how complex mm-hmm. it is when it's the mother trafficking her own child and it's other siblings and there's CPS and there's multiple personalities and there's spiritual ritual abuse. And I mean, it's, it, is, it is such a difficult fight to fight on the rescue and restoration level that we have to, in, in my closing here, we have to do a better job fortifying the children so that they don't get trafficked in the first place. We have a slogan in our organization that says, save a child before they need rescue. Wow. That's, that's good. Yaku, thanks. I know I know that you've got to go, and I appreciate you uh, jumping on from the road and and all of uh, the work that you're doing, and and uh, you know what uh, what you've meant to me as a brother, but uh, what you're doing for the kingdom is is amazing. Um, we hope to talk again soon. Uh, in the meantime, uh, if you're interested in in some of those resources that Yaku mentioned, uh, Yaku Bullion's Ministries online. Uh, you can check them out, get more research, get more educated. Um, we're going to continue the discussion uh, as as you've got to go to your next meeting, Yaku. But uh, God bless you, brother. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon. God bless you, man. Thank you so much. Sure. Prayers Thank over you. the words tomorrow and the audience there. For sure. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Uh, that's I don't I think my brain is still stuck on the first few minutes. I'm like trying to process... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm gonna have to replay that. Just, <laughs> I yeah. think so too. I'm like, yeah. I I normally I sit in the I sit in the background here, and I normally write down, you know, I'm I'm writing down production information so we can you know break up clips and do all this other stuff, and I'm just like, I can't even do that. Like, I literally 
I don't have a pen in my hand. I've been sitting here looking for one and I'm like, I don't even have one here because I'm stuck listening to, to what he said, but there was, there was so much truth in it from, from the aspect of, you know, it's something that, um, wow. Yeah. It's just something we, we put like, we put so little emphasis on it and he's absolutely right. Like for some reason in our minds, it's something that'll never happen here, that it always happens somewhere else. And the truth is, I mean, you know, Mike's Mike knows where I live. I live in a rural area outside of Columbus, Ohio, but because we have, I've said this numerous times because we have interstates that go from Michigan all the way down to Texas and, you know, from East coast to West coast crossing through Ohio. I mean, literally there was a whole, uh, a whole group busted probably two years ago, um, on one of our highways outside of where I live, probably like five miles away uh, where they had like nine law enforcement agencies get together, including the state of Ohio and bust this group. And everybody, I mean, everybody was like blown away. They were like, Oh, we live in such a quiet area. That stuff doesn't happen here. And see, I get the opposite of it. We get a lot of comments about it. And the mm-hmm. buzz about trafficking is the corridors, is the proximity to Mexico that, and, and all of that. And, and yet that's the myth. So we're hearing about human trafficking. It's not out of sight, out of mind. We're just hearing about it in the 2%. We're not hearing about it in the other. So I, I brought it, bring it back to my comments earlier. We're seeing this play out is that the church is getting sucked into the myth and playing to the 2% instead of catering to the 98%, whether that's active shooter or whether that's trafficking. And they're not, they're not focused on the right thing. And so the idea is I come back to kind of our, our, our parent uh, uh, organization with vigilant impact. The idea is how do we have the right kind of impact? It's uh, being vigilant is keeping careful, uh, watch over others. It's watching for danger, watching for difficulties. Well, that's not just the scope of things that I think we most of the time talk about. And I'll be the first to say, you know what? I'm guilty too of the standpoint that I haven't been watching enough for this. Okay. Do I try to look at it from the lens of protecting the kids in the kids' ministry? Yes. Have this this kind of changed my mindset in a in a major way. Like this is why I want to go back and, and listen to it again, because I'm like, this is us being asleep at the wheel. And we're the ones inside the bubble actively pursuing this, actively working in, in, in God's ministry, trying to protect and make a safe place to worship. But yeah. we're missing the boat. That's what I that's what, what hit me tonight. Yeah, he's uh so if I first met Yaku a couple of years ago, he came out to our human trafficking summit. And honestly, I, I was ignorant, even having worked in law enforcement for as long as I did. I I my understanding of it was uh from talking to um a family member who works as a victim's advocate for uh, Department of Homeland Security. And, and it's all this international stuff and the idea of taken and, and, and Yaku came and I came to, I worked the human trafficking summit because it was a large event at our church, not because I was, I have to go to this. And my eyes were opened both by Yaku's presentation on the stage and just a little bit of time uh, spent with him backstage. And then he came back this year um 
he did a men's group for us and then he did the big summit uh, Sunday afternoon. And when he talks about uh, and was sharing, you know, privately some of the active cases he's working on and real world scenarios that you could apply to any town, county, uh, state in the country. Um, it's just the names and places have been changed to protect the innocent. And, um, you know, everything from licensed psychologists to youth pastors to coaches, um, it was it, it was eye opening. And and even his story with his sister, it was there was a connection made where it met a need and all of a sudden she was gone and she was trapped for six years because they look for those vulnerabilities to exploit. They, they really are predatory. Um, I was talking to one of my volunteers who's a SVU detective here in Arizona, and we were talking about this topic last night. And he said, sure, there, there are the big cities and the big churches where people feel like they or, or big schools where predators feel like they can blend in. But he told us a story about a small town police chief who was the uh, main sex offender uh, preying on young girls in his town because he had a position of authority. And the victims are often exploited by the fact that they're too afraid to speak up. And so I look at this and I go, number one, we got to keep the predators out of, of our houses of worship and yep. train our, our people to recognize, not to be so desensitized by immorality, that they they recognize when their child may be, um, uh, you know, the, the subject of prey. And, you know, so we got to keep them out. But number two, being prepared that when I've gotten probably, I won't even quantify it. I can't, I don't remember the number of calls I've received from youth workers in the last six months for mandatory reporting issues as it relates to stuff like this. And how do you navigate that in helping to restore those 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 young souls? Um, I couldn't help but think as he was talking about rescuing them before they need rescuing. Um, you know, it's it's a cancer. And so in in fighting cancer, what do you do? You take preventative treatments in uh, just trying to take care of yourself to prevent the cancer from happening. But then when you do understanding what is the most effective treatment um, to get rid of that cancer and eliminate that cancer. And it's just something that I think it, it's the same resistance we get when we talk about um, having security teams and people go, well, not at our church. And, and we have to get away from that denial. Um, but often denial is the easiest way to ignore uh, the issues, you know, the, the log in your own eye, as, as it were. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this is the, this is the first time I've heard of his ministries. Um, I'm definitely going to check it out and, you know, maybe, uh, maybe we can have him come back on, on the, another broadcast here, you know, and, and plan for early next year. Um, but, uh, it's definitely, definitely powerful stuff. And I love, you know, I love seeing the, the passion that he has. And I know, you know, I know that's probably fueled by his, his personal experience with his sister, but at the same time, um, 
you know, like I said, I mean, to me, it's just refreshing to see someone passionate about a topic like that because we've, there's so much going on, you know, in, in the world of, of even church safety and security that sometimes it's like, you know, there's so, you know, there's so much out there. It's like, okay, which thing do we pick to be passionate about, to emphasize, to, to, to work on? And it's frustrating because, you know, we've had a lot, a lot of comments this week from churches, uh, whether it's in the social media groups or um, reaching out to us that have said, hey, again, it, it's almost like a cyclical pattern, but they'll, they'll reach out to us and say, hey, you know, somebody at my church really, you know, demoralized me because they commented and said, well, why do we need safety and security anyway? Like, what's the yeah. point? And we've never done it before. Why do we need to do it now? And again, to me, it's it's just that's frustrating enough on its own. And it's frustrating enough trying to have all these balls up in the air, you know, and juggling, juggling everything and doing everything at a high quality level. And then we turn around and we see something like this where, um, you know, it really requires diligent observation. It requires diligence with, you know, putting your best foot forward. And yet we don't have the resources and we don't have the time to do that and do it well, because in our own church, we're struggling against people that are supposed to be like-minded believers that are fighting with us for the sake of having the ministry to begin with. Yeah. And it's, it, I think it reiterates as much as we love the, the ministry of uh, protecting while serving. Um, we, we can't be experts in everything in the same way that, uh, I was a police officer, but I no longer am, um, recognizing my limitations and, and, and Yaku touched on it. And it's been something that, hmm. that I've really leaned into, um, as we have, as I've been brought into these tough conversations is creating a list of resources, local resources that you can build relationship with, that you can trust and partner with. Um, that you don't have to do everything on your own. Um, you know, the the old saying, the prophet has no honor in his own town. Perhaps it makes more sense to bring in a local resource uh, that if the same words came out of your mouth, that church member who's going to demoralize you for needing a church safety team is going to hear uh, this external expert come in and they're going to go, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I think on this topic, on this topic, we're primed, and it's it's why I was excited to have Yaku on. Um, James, you mentioned it. Uh, the sound of freedom really brought a lot of awareness and opened up a conversation. And so I think it's a great time uh, that people can't say it doesn't exist globally. Perhaps that that's the segue we need to to acknowledge. Um, Satan is at work looking to destroy and kill in our country, in our homes, in our churches. Uh, just as much, if not more than, um, you know, the other places around the world that are stereotypically associated with this, this, this cancer. Well, if for sure, and, and hopefully if anything, hopefully it'll let our, our listening audience. And I mean, we, we usually, like I said, we usually break down broadcasts with, with gold nuggets and, and get them out there on, you know, mm -hmm. TikTok and, and other and, and we've been getting Instagram, we've been getting a lot of, um, uh, feedback on, on that as well. And, you know, certainly 
I don't know, hits, I guess, if you want to call it from people watching it and that sort of thing. But if anything, hopefully for our audience, um, you know, this will be a, a, a significant wake up call to say, you know what, I'm going to go research uh, Jaco's ministries and I'm going to go take a look at this because, you know, when typically when, um, you know, when we do a broadcast, I've got at least two of my 20 screens around me that you can't see up running. And uh, I've got, you know, I've got his ministry site up and I'm looking at that and, and a few other, a uh, few other things like the movie that he recommended, the documentary on history called Sex Nation. Um, that's actually on a, a website uh, he created called sexnationfilm.com. But what's interesting to me is that his his thoroughness and knowledge of creating a documentary and being able to trap, you know, really, I don't know, look at um, statistically look at how it's impacting the church and having that knowledge and having that information um, is just extremely impressive to me. I mean, most people can't articulate that. And I know if you're passionate about something you can, you know, and you can develop that level of interest and, and thoroughness. But um, it's, to me, it's almost like, wow, I, I don't even, I, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't surprise me. Maybe that's the shocker. Like it, it should surprise me, but the fact yeah. that he can articulate and say, this is what we're seeing in the church. This is what's happening. This is why this is happening. Um, I, I can't argue with him. Like I don't have any strength, mental strength or capacity to argue because I believe it. I believe what he's saying based on, you know, what we've seen and, certainly the folks that we've talked to, um, you know, through the, through the broadcast and different things like that. So I don't know, it's, it's a, it's a very, um, concerning topic and certainly, um, one that we don't, we don't talk about enough. So, I mean, it's a, I think it's a wake up call. I mean, that's what the way I'm taking it is really a wake up call is in the sense of, you know what? I knew about it. You know what? I, I looked into it. We've had the guests on the show. It's been something that that has always been concerning as a dad. It always has been something that was important enough to be aware of and, and dig into as an area that I wasn't as well versed in uh, as a leader, as a leader in ministry to, to look at how I can protect the flock and, and, and those around me and my own family. But what really struck me tonight was really the 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 not just the myth component but really the multiple myth that the church is facing with this is that we're we're ignoring the real problems and we're tracing the things that are easier to chase this is yeah. this is difficult conversation to have mm-hmm. in a church this is a difficult conversation to have with your fellow leaders on how do you how do you build this out how do you build this skill set out amongst your team that's capable enough to have the level of awareness that Yako talked about here tonight to pick up on this to be more proactive it's scary because of the level of, okay this is the de- the detail we get a lot of ministries like this that you know what they mean well but they flock to the lowest common denominator, the simplest task on the list. 
And it's, hey, I'm, I'm, it's the guys club we're going to go shooting this weekend. It's the, hey, we're going we're gonna to circle in the parking lot. And we're going to hold coffees all day and maybe we'll pay attention. Okay, yeah. we're we're this is the this is way harder. This is about a maturity of a safety yeah. and security team that takes it up a level. We're not we're rarely even having that conversation, and we're talking about it every single week. How are we getting our ministry from where they're at to a higher level of maturity where they can address these difficult topics, where they can train on difficult topics, where they can bring in the experts on trafficking and not just the expert on firearms? Yeah, it's so true. It's uh, I was watching another podcast earlier this week, and and um, I hope I don't butcher it, but it, it's the the phrase that goes along the lines of uh, good times make soft men, soft men make hard times and hard times make strong men. Um, and, and the guy that was on the podcast said, I'm not so sure that's true. Soft or hard times don't make strong men. Strong men are strong men regardless. Hard times make people appreciate strong men. And so yeah. <laughs> making that choice to be the strong men and women that God has called us to be, that if we are truly to be sheepdogs, if we are truly to be uh, the watchman on the wall, that if if we are truly called uh, to protect our family and, and um, you know, as it says in 1 Peter, to protect the flock, um, understanding what that means and the, the dedication that it means. It's not just, well, when things get tough, I'll rise to the occasion. No, you've got to make the decision uh, to be that person um, in, in good times and in bad and, and having an understanding, again, you don't have to be an expert on everything, but having an understanding of, uh, just like firearms or defensive tactics or de-escalation, recognizing, you know what, I'm strong here. This is a weak spot and I'm willing to admit that. And I'm willing to seek help or assistance or allies in that, uh, is so vital, uh, to being an effective, uh, sheepdog. Um, and so, uh, one of the things I'll mention is he did, uh, Yaku did a, a Ted talk, uh, TEDx mm -hmm. Frisco a couple of years ago. And if you want just an, a 13 minute refresher, uh, in addition to what, what he had to say today, uh, or, or if you're looking for a 13 minute resource that you can kind of get buy-in in just being aware of how to spot the predators and the groomers, um, check out his, his TED Talk, TEDx Frisco. It's Yako Bullions. Uh, and in 13 minutes, he does a great job of summarizing what the problem is and what we can do differently. And my favorite part was here he's in a secular environment and he's basically sharing the gospel and they're giving him a standing ovation at the end. Because ultimately, it comes back to the ministry mindset that. God has given us a charge to care for his children and those who um, are are waiting to become his children and enter the kingdom. And so it, it is it is a holy and awesome responsibility uh, that we need to give the the weight it is due. Well, I'm, I'm actually putting it in the uh, I'm putting it in the comments. So if you're listening and you'd like to. Um, you'd like to to connect with that and watch the 16 minute video Jared was talking about, you should be able to find that. And here's the thing. If we don't, you know, 
the the term i don't know the term watchman on the wall and you know we use that so frequently with church safety and we're we're watching here and we're protecting and that's you know that's great and and i don't want to discount that and you know if you're listening you all know my heart on this i mean i've literally we've done this broadcast since 2018, almost every Sunday night since then, we've had a live broadcast on this topic. So trust me when I say I am not trying to pick apart church safety at all. But the truth here is we can't, this is, this is a call to action. This is not, we can't stand on the wall and watch anymore. Yes, we have an obligation to watch and protect, but we need to get off our butts and actually go and do stuff in our community. And the only way that we can be successful and have a successful ministry in our communities is to take a stand and make a stand on stuff like this that has been talked about tonight. And how do you do that? Well, you know, you can start by connecting with local law enforcement and looking and and networking with them and going out into the community and being that example because they're they're standing by themselves. They're standing by themselves and looking at this mountain of garbage and trash that's in front of them and don't have a way to dig through it. But you know what? Light, many hands make light work, right? So the truth is, if I take the time and I actually go and talk to law enforcement and say, hey, I'm representing my church, what can we do to get involved to help this end in our community? Do you think that they would really like to to have a church come tell them that? Absolutely. Yep. You know, and and so for us, we can't be the individuals that just sit there and like Mike said earlier, stand, you know, stand at post and watch what happens around us because that's not how it works. Either you take a stand for Christ and you do the right thing or you get swept under. Those are the two options. There's no in-between. There's no, well, I'm going to serve this way partially sometimes. And, you know, trust me when I say I'm not saying this just to you all listening. I'm saying it to myself as well. We have to actually take action on this. And, you know, it was it was something that was serious enough that Christ himself during his ministry on earth spoke about. And to me, if Christ talks about it, that's probably about all the convincing that I need. Uh, but again, it starts with having knowledge, being moving forward, not just standing around. It starts with actually taking action. So um, I, again, we'll share, we'll share that TED Talk in the link. I would encourage you, you know, make, make the next training that you do with your team with that video. It's a 16-minute video copy it and send it out to email it to all your team members and say, Hey, this is a requirement. You need to watch this. There's no reason that you have to be ill-advised or untrained. Um, you have the resources, reach out to their ministry, you know, because I, I would bet you anything that if you reached out to them, that they would be happy to talk, talk through what's out there for tools and different things like that. I mean, you know, you're, you're basically going to them and saying, Hey, how can we, how can we help you guys? I, 
for myself, I'm tempted, honestly, and and I will be talking to them after to see how, you know, church safety guys and CSG, how we can support their ministry, because I'm just, again, I'm just blown away by uh, his passion to, to do this, because even with the folks that have been on the broadcast before that have talked about this topic, I don't think I've seen that. You know, I haven't seen that passion. Now they do a good job. They work hard. I'm not saying anything about that, but I mean, he is just on fire to communicate, um, you know, God's, God's love, but also, Hey, wake up and, and pay attention to what's going on. So, um, we, we are actually out of time. I would love to run another half an hour, (laughs) but, uh, but on this uh, on this Sunday evening, our spouses all may may start cutting the internet cords from our. <laughs> well, at least at least house. you guys at least you guys get uh, spouses and and maybe dinner. I am uh, about thirty minutes away from our our high school ministry starting, which I'm covering tonight. So it, uh, I'll be grabbing a slice of cold pizza from from back of house, hopefully. <laughs> You're like stealing a pizza from the high school group. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, I'm a first time visitor. Can I get a slice yeah. of that? that right, right. Caesars? So. Well, as oh, usual, Jared, uh, another amazing guest. I, I mean, yeah, I'd, for sure. I'd probably go so far as I'd put him in my top five uh, because it, it really just, uh, I'm going to just be bold and, and jump out there and put him there because it, it I think there's enough there in that short bit of the episode that he was able to be present for tonight and totally understand his, his uh, schedule and so forth. And we were blessed by that little bit. So I think if our audience can take that little bit and multiply it and go and do the, some of the actions that he called out, listen to the video, look at the master, look at the, the Ted talk. And, and if that's all it takes, we yeah. cause a little bit of a ripple with this show here tonight to start to have this shared across churches across this nation, maybe we can get them to wake up too. Yeah. And I think uh, one last call to action, even as you guys are, are starting to look into this and starting to become more aware, um, make it a topic of conversation uh, in a, in our Facebook groups uh, that we can, you know, perhaps you'll find something that others won't. Um, but the conversation about it continues the awareness and the awareness is required for us to take effective action. So um, I appreciate you guys letting me bring on my friend Yaku and, and uh, I look forward to the difference it will make in not just our churches, but the lives of the individuals that will have an impact on. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you for joining us. Uh, as always, you can reach out to us through our website, which is churchsafetyguys.com. Uh, or you can reach out to us through the church security app and that's downloadable free on the uh, Google and iOS stores and platforms. Um, You're welcome to download that free thanks to our sponsors. And also uh, you can register free, which actually gives you a member's content section with um, just multiple layers of information uh, that will help you and your team. And uh, I think we've got a pretty solid addition to that. I'm going to see if I can go in and add, maybe add that uh, that TED Talk to the app so that we have a, a staple for um, trafficking information as well, because I think, I think that would be helpful. But um, definitely, if there's a topic that you would like to hear us talk about or or chat about, please feel free to reach out if we can help you or your ministry in any way. 
uh, please don't be a stranger. Uh, reach out. We would love to talk to you and, and love to help as much as we can. So until next time, next week, take care. God bless. Have a great week. Have a great night. Thank you for joining the Church Safety Guys broadcast brought to you by Vigilant Impact. We hope that you found it informative and we appreciate your feedback and interaction. Be sure to share our broadcast with your teams, join the discussion online, and connect with us on social media or at our website at churchsafetyguys.com. For other great ministry resources, download the Church Security app. Remember, keep a servant's heart, a mindset of ministry, and Semper Disciplina, always be training. Have a blessed week.